Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch the show live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, or on demand anytime you want. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88 and catch out all catch all the work on scalfantasysports.com. Become a member today. Get access to great content that's gonna help you dominate throughout the fantasy baseball season, as well as fantasy football, where we're getting you ready for the draft two weeks away. We already have content up. I have a look at five NFL running backs that you need to know with some scouting reports on them. We got five rookie wide receivers you need to know from Riley Bymaster. Five rookie tight ends you need to know from Mark Morales-Smith. I have a mock draft up there as well that you can check out. Uh, so lots of good content there and mock drafts from several riders. So you can go in there, look at them, and give your opinion. See where we're right, where we're wrong, and maybe you have a different perspective. So you can share that. You can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. And uh, Dr. Otto's latest is a look at the Mariners, uh, looking at whether they are playoff contenders, obviously off to a sizzling start. So plenty of content. I'll have a stock watch this week, two-star pitchers, and other articles as well. Uh, you can check out ScoutDFS.com for MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA with the big masters coming this week, NASCAR, MMA. So plenty of ways to win money using scoutdfs.com of course we got the optimizers and the slack chat leading up to lineup block uh, as well as several articles per day or there's already one up for baseball and what i do like is they're pretty concise instead of listing 80 players that makes it more difficult for you to choose from it's a little bit more concise narrowing it down letting you know who the better plays are for the slate that day and vegaswhispers.com they'd be giving out a free pick per day for baseball and I know it won again yesterday, so you can follow them on Twitter at Vegas Whispers or go to the website VegasWhispers.com, and you can see as they put up the results, very transparent there. Uh, So yesterday, Seattle was the free pick, minus 115. And for the members, uh, two winners as well, Atlanta plus 111 and Anaheim minus 104. So 3-0 yesterday. The free picks are 9-2, and and the VIP picks for baseball are 15-11-1 and and overall. Since the season began for baseball, 24-12-1. So definitely profitable so far for the baseball season. So you can check that out, VegasWhispers.com. Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm. He will join me in the next segment to talk more baseball. Uh, but let's take a look at some of the live action from this afternoon. Three games going on right now. And we'll get you the lineups for the later games coming up in the final segment of the show. All eyes on Chris Sale today in Boston. It is the home opener for the Red Sox, 
who opened the season with an 11 game road trip and certainly makes sense with the weather and everything. Uh, even though the weather's not great today, but you know, Red Sox off to a rough start. Chris Sale, obviously, in his first two starts, not great. The velocity was down in his last start, but the velocity has been pretty good today from what I have seen. Uh, he's definitely hit 95 with the fastball. I know in the first inning, he averaged about 92. Uh, he did give up two runs in the previous inning, uh, as there were RBIs uh, by Freddie Galvis and Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, so Sale has gone three innings. He just allowed a leadoff single here in the top of the fourth. So he's allowed four hits, two runs, no walks, two strikeouts, 49 pitches, 35 for strikes. So his average velocity today is 92. Just saw the graphic on the screen. So definitely an improvement for sure. Uh, you'd still like to see him kind of dominate a, a Blue Jays lineup that's not very good and does strike out quite a bit. So he's already allowed a few hits. And uh, Randall Grichik with the leadoff single. It was not that hard hit. It was a grounder just past the reach of Xander Bogarts at short. So uh, Chris Sale, we'll see how he finishes this game. Uh, Mitch Moreland accounting for one of the runs for Boston, a solo home run, his fourth of the year. Uh, and we know Moreland's going to hit for some power. He'll sit against some of the tough left-handers, obviously, as Steve Pierce gets in there. Uh, and the other RBI on the day uh, was actually uh, it was an error uh, where the run scored. For the Blue Jays, uh, as Danny Jansen just sends a single to the right side. So the Blue Jays open this inning first and second, nobody out. So Blue Jays definitely making contact, putting the ball in play. It's not a very warm day there. You could see a lot of the players look cold. Chris Sale does have the short sleeves on. Uh, temperature probably in the 40s, but it looks like it's a little windy as well. Uh, so Blue Jays certainly uh, putting the ball in play. On the mound for the Blue Jays. Matt Shoemaker, who I do like, uh, and he's gone three innings, allowed three hits, two runs, only one earned, no walks, and three Ks. So he's allowed one solo home run, 45 pitches, 29 for strikes. And that's what we're going to have to figure out with Shoemaker. You know, I probably, in a one-start week in Boston, I'm really not going to use him. Uh, you just want to see him be more consistent. Uh, you know, health is the big factor for Shoemaker, but that splitter looks nasty when he uses it. So I, I do like him. You know, he's a guy that probably will be traded at some point. We don't expect the Blue Jays to contend. Uh, they're already three and six to uh, three and eight to open the season, but definitely uh, think Shoemaker has a lot of ability if he can stay healthy and uh, was not able to get him in any of my leagues. Obviously he's been a free agent pickup over the last couple of weeks with his uh, fast start. And, uh, you know, it is good. The American League East is not what it once was. I mean, obviously, you feel Boston and the Yankees. And like I've been saying, you really can't pick on the Rays lineup. I mean, they don't have the elite power hitters that you see in the Red Sox and Yankees. But this is not an easy lineup to navigate. Uh, and they're a good team. So uh, they're not the easiest matchup. Uh, and unfortunately, he doesn't get to face his own Blue Jays team, which is one of the teams we want to pick on. But again, a lot of weak lineups in the American League, especially the AL Central. And speaking of the Rays, uh, they are playing this afternoon. Bottom of the third, the Rays lead the White Sox 5-2 to two as Yoan Moncada just went yard, a two-run shot. Uh, Moncada moved up to number two spot in the lineup today. Remember, he's playing third base this year. He'll have second and third base eligibility. And he did strike out today, but... He's become a lot more aggressive at the plate. One of the biggest problems for Moncada last year is he took a lot of called strikes. So he was called out looking a lot, and they wanted him to be more aggressive. Now, obviously, he did lead the AL in strikeouts last year, but 
I think Moncada is going to have a big year, and I kind of wish I had him in more leagues. And, you know, it's not like I had him ranked low. It's just uh, kind of had second baseman when I took him and took Rugnetto Dor over him. And I look back in the end of the year and say, uh, I wish I had Moncada. I know Ordor is off to a slow start. I still like him. And, you know, he made improvements as well, became more patient, drew more walks. But Moncada definitely is uh, someone who I believe in this year. And you could say, well, he got off to a fast start last year and faded. But I think the early approach has definitely been encouraging for Moncada. And we know last year he drew walks as well. So. Mankata accounting for the only runs for the White Sox. Meanwhile, for the Rays, Austin Meadows off to a nice start this year. Two for two, two runs, two RBIs. He homered today, his third of the year, and he stole a base, his second. So do have Meadows in a couple leagues. Definitely a nice start for him. Brandon Lau hitting cleanup today. He homered, drove in two. Uh, so that's his second home run of the year. And Avisel Garcia also homered for the Rays. He's been... Very quiet so far this season. So Rays already putting up five runs. Charlie Morton on the mound for the Rays. He has pitched three innings, allowed two hits, two runs, two walks, and struck out four, 53 pitches. And Irvin Santana pitching for the White Sox, not going so well as he has allowed three home runs as the Rays continue to play good baseball. So they lead this game 5-2 after three. And the other afternoon game is the Indians and Tigers the Indians have scored eight runs. Yes, that is not a mistake. The Indians have scored eight runs. They lead Detroit eight to two after seven innings. Corey Kluber is on the mound. He went six innings, allowed seven hits, two runs, only one earned, one walk, and eight strikeouts. So he's in line for the win. Jordan Zimmerman, who's probably streamed in two start uh, for the two start week because you know you like the Indians matchup. Well, he wasn't great today. Four and a third, four hits, five runs, four earned, two walks, four Ks. He allowed three home runs, so he was tremendous through his first two starts, but struggled today. The Indians getting a home run from Leonis Martin, Brad Miller, Roberto Perez, and Jake Bowers. Brad Miller with a stolen base, his first of the year. Brad Miller with two hits today. Uh, for the Indians as uh, you still look across this lineup at the batting averages, 172, 171, 207. Uh, Carl Santana really the only guy hitting at 382, but a lot of poor batting averages. And you can understand why teams are going to continue to stream against this Indians offense. For the Tigers, uh, Harrison has two hits. Miguel Cabrera is two for four with an RBI. He's hitting 263 on the year. But as uh, you get past the top four, the lineup gets progressively worse, and that's what we're seeing today. Uh, Indians lead 8-2. to two. So we'll get you posted on any updates throughout those games before the end of the show. And, of course, we'll get you uh, some of the lineups uh, for the later games coming up in a bit. Uh, some of the top news, we spoke about it in the opening segment, but if you're just joining us and you're maybe out of the loop today, Mike Clevenger goes on the disabled list with a uh, – upper back injury and it's not sounding good he's going to miss at least six to eight weeks and that's uh with him not even throwing the ball uh for that time and the more you read about this uh it's just not encouraging here and it's a huge loss uh clevenger someone i liked a lot this year and gonna be tough to replace him and missing at least two months louis severino not feeling right he's going back to new york for an mri hinjin ryu placed on the disabled list with a groin injury he had a groin surgery last year and missed three months. So with Ryu, he's been excellent when he's on the mound, but we knew he was going to miss some time. 
Mike Fultonewich had a, uh, another rehab start today. He allowed two runs on four hits and a walk and struck out five over three and two-thirds innings. So uh, they had a rain delay, so he had to get some of the final work in the bullpen. He is slated to return to the rotation on Sunday uh, against the Mets. And uh, Chris Sale has uh, given up the lead as he just allowed a base hit to, to, I believe that was Lourdes Gurriel, who has really struggled this year. He goes opposite field uh, to right field for a single to put the Blue Jays up 3-2. to two. So the velocity is back, but Blue Jays are uh, putting up some runs here against Chris Zell uh, as the Blue Jays lead 3-2 in the top of the fourth inning. Uh, the suspensions have been handed down in that brawl the other day. It'll be uh, Chris Archer getting five, Yasiel Puig getting two, uh, Puig will not appeal. He will be out of the lineup tonight and tomorrow. We'll get to that Reds lineup a little bit. The Orioles placed Nate Carnes on the 10-day DL with a right forearm strain. And it uh, looks like uh, David Dahl is going to be placed on the injured list. It's not official yet, but Craig Mish of SiriusXM is reporting Dahl will be placed on the 10-day DL. Not surprising at all. Uh, we kind of knew when you saw the swing and the history of Dahl that this was likely to happen uh, as the Red Sox start to get someone up in the bullpen. Some of the other top news, we Daniel Vogelbach, uh, another good day, one for two, his fifth homer of the season. He's got five home runs uh, in his last five games, and he's batting 471. Difficult to take him out of the lineup now. Interested to see what happens there because uh, where's he going to get the playing time? Edwin Encarnacion, two for four with four RBIs and two home runs. He had both home runs in the same inning. So a lot of people were concerned about his diminishing skills. And, you know, I think the Mariners were expected to trade him. We'll see if they can keep this pace up. Jay Bruce is sixth homer of the year. I know he's not hitting for average, but this was a guy that was so cheap in drafts, and I tried to get him. I think I only have him in one or two leagues, but Bruce just wasn't healthy last year. This is a guy that hits 30 home runs every year. So if you were looking for cheap power in your draft, certainly he was uh, in play. Kevin Pillar had a grand slam yesterday. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, not a great start for him. I'm definitely worried about him long-term. I know he got off to the good start. He was someone that I've kind of stayed away from, and I wouldn't doubt if he put it together, but I'm just concerned that he's not the same pitcher. And, uh, you know, yesterday had the lead, had a 5 nothing lead, relinquished it. Uh, Giants wound up losing, and he just doesn't have the same stuff. And, you know, he does pitch – in a favorable ballpark, maybe we see him get traded and he can help a contender. But the stuff's just not the same with him. And uh, the home runs allowed is definitely a concern for me. You know, he's pitched 19 innings this year and allowed four home runs. Obviously, it's not a great pace to have. And uh, the strikeout percentage, 21.3%. Walk rate, 5.3%. Uh, but I just am worried about him over the long haul, uh, whether he has enough to be a productive pitcher. He's giving up a lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls. I, I'm worried. If I had Baumgartner, I, I think I would look to move him. Uh, you know, Velocity, he's never been a big velocity guy, but the fastball is just not that effective anymore. And you're see it, seeing it in his selection. You know, He's only throwing the fastball 34% of the time. So it's going to show you that he realizes that it's just not as effective. So Definitely concerned about uh, Bumgarner long-term, even though the outward numbers look pretty good right now. Uh, Nick Senzel's out of his walking boot, so that's something to keep an eye on to see when they bring him back. A.J. Minter got a save yesterday. 
his first save of the year. Now, Viscaino pitched the day before, and they're going to be very cautious with him. They're worried about that shoulder. So this could be a case where you don't see Viscaino pitch two, three days in a row, and that'll help a guy like Minter get in there and get some saves. So I did draft Minter in one league, had to activate him off the DL, and I didn't want to cut him because I think he's going to get some saves. It might be split among both of them. Maybe if they get a save opportunity tonight and there's some right-handers do up, you see Viscaino. Maybe if there's you know some left-handers, you'll see Minter. Again, Minter's coming off the DL as well with the shoulder issue. But uh, Viscaino pitched on Sunday and pitched on Friday, and they have yet to pitch him on back-to-back days this year. So I think that's going to open it up for Minter to get some saves for sure. Uh, also, you saw Mike Moustakas hit his third home run. He's not hitting for much average, but I think that will come. And uh, Aaron Judge hit his third homer of this season yesterday as well. When we return, I'll be joined by Greg Jewett of Fantasy Alarm. We'll talk more baseball with him when we continue. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Brain dance. Make it rain. Like, how are you supposed to get people interested in college hoops and grow the sport when nobody in their right mind is going to stay up till 12 o'clock watching this damn game? Uh, Nobody in their right mind who has a job is going to, they're going to miss the end of the game. Nobody's calling in sick to watch Virginia and Texas Tech, but it's, to me, it's just ridiculous. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. Do have some afternoon baseball, three games going on. We'll get you updates on that as well as get you lineups for the games going on later today. But joining me now, it is Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm. Greg, what's up? Uh, My blood pressure just watched the Blue Jays steal home on Chris Sale. He's in a complete meltdown this inning. Uh, I will take it since I have Gurriel and he sucked. Uh, so I could use the stolen base, uh, but I I don't have any Chris Sale, and it was encouraging. You know, the first two innings he rolled through it. The velocity was back up. He even touched ninety five, but 
it's just falling apart here in the fourth inning. Three runs have scored. Sale is now allowed six hits. He hasn't walked anyone, but five runs, three Ks against this Blue Jays lineup. You expect him to dominate, and uh, a lot of balls put in play. Not a lot of hard contact, mm-hmm. but uh, so what's your out, out, you know reaction to the Sale start? Is it, in, is it encouraging because the velocity's up and just some poor luck on, on the balls just falling in or more cause for concern with Sale? It's about 50-50. It's encouraging to see the velocity bounce back, but just watching, um, I've watched the last two and a half innings, he, he seems to be aiming the ball, not throwing it, and they're really bapping him to death. So um, I think it's just a matter of time. Hopefully this is something he can build upon, but his, uh, his, off, his secondary pitches don't look crisp. They're really not offering him much, and they've just been slapping the – high outside fastball to right field. I've seen at least three singles with that. If you're in a league where you have sale, would you be looking to deal him now? Do you have to wait it out? Someone in my league just dealt him. They traded sale and Trevino for Bogarts and Puig. I mean, if, if the other owner needed outfield help, I guess you can understand. I mean, it's, it's hard. At least he got something in return for him. It wasn't like he totally sold low because um, I think there's a lot to come with Puig and correction after he gets off of the suspension that, you know, he's due to hit. He started out really slow in his new new ballpark, so there's room for him to grow and improve. But um, the only league I own sale in is in, is in the uh, TGFBI, which is a non-trade league, so I don't have that option. Yeah, you have to roll with him. And uh, TGFBI, it was uh, good for me going into the day. I was fifth overall, but you know who I have on the team? Mr. Mike Clevenger. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a tough blow for all of his owners. I mean, six to eight weeks is the precautionary outlook, but we don't know, if, especially if it ends up being into the uh, Terrace Major, which is in the shoulder. So that's definitely a cause for concern. Yeah, it's a big cause for concern. And, you know, it was one of those days you wake up and see that, and I just wanted to stay in bed. I didn't want to do the show. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you just frustrated. I think I have Clevenger in at least four leagues, and including the NFBC auction, uh, another local league here, the GDD Auction League. So I, I was very high on Clevenger. I had him last year. Obviously, he was more expensive, and he looked great through those two starts. And then to get that <laughs> news is just like, you know, it's just like I feel like I got stabbed. Yeah, especially this year with the pitching being so volatile, somebody that was racking up strikeouts at the rate he was, and he just looked dominant. Uh, that That's a big blow to any team, especially, you know, the deeper the format. It's so hard to find someone you can trust off of waivers at this point to replace them. That's going to make it a, I don't know if you're going to have to go to a stream option with him and like the main event or what your next course of action is going to be, but in no trade leagues, injuries like this really take a toll. Yeah. And you know, we always talk about all oh, you can overcome injuries. I think in your home leagues, you can, but mm-hmm. if you're in a very competitive league and you start to get multiple injuries, it's going to be very, very difficult to win the league. Can you? Yes. You know, there's other teams, but when you start talking NFBC, where the competition is fierce, when you start getting four or five injuries and you have to hold those guys on your bench, there's no DL mm-hmm. spots, and you have seven bench spots, you need some injury luck in order to win these competitive leagues. Absolutely, yeah. That, those are the things you can't predict. I mean, you can, you can have a great draft and you can hit your targets and you can do all the right things and, and two or three major injuries that are going to be multiple months can really tie you up, especially with the, 
you know, as you were saying, when you have a shorter bench and there's no IL spots where you can stash people, that really makes the uh, the replacement level so much tougher to do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we say it every year, but it does feel like we have a lot of injuries already. I mean, it's April 8th, and it's just we've seen a lot of guys land on the injured list already, and it's a long season, and I always tell people, and I have to take my own advice, is just keep plugging away. You just can't give up, even when it looks bleak. I mean, Tout Wars, my entire infield is on the injured list, including my backup third baseman. I had to go to the waiver wire this week, and there wasn't much there at third base, and I picked up J.D. Davis. I mean, that was, to me, like the best option there, so... There's nothing I can do. I'm buried right now offensively, but, you know, I'll keep plugging away, and I think uh, that's what, what people have to do. It, it seems like you can be out of it early, but it's only April 8th, and uh, you just have to hope that some of the injuries aren't long-term and just keep working the waiver wire and trade if you have a league that where you can trade. Yeah, absolutely. You just got to tread water, and you keep trying to plug and play guys, and hopefully one of those guys pops and you can get some good cheap production, and then you, you move on to either the better matchup or – if you if one of your guys gets back and you can replace them, then you just keep you know you just keep churning them over. So um, roster navigation at this point, especially with all the early injuries, is going to be uh, something that tests owners. But those with the fortitude uh, can handle it. It's just going to be a matter of doing your best. And just keep in mind, it could always be worse. You could actually have Chris Davis of the Orioles on your roster with that over forty nine. Hopefully, none of you guys do, but. Talking to Greg Jewett of Fantasy Alarm. Uh, this is probably the most difficult question you're going to get. Who the hell is closing for the Phillies? What is going on there? We thought it was all right. It's either David Robertson or Sir Anthony Dominguez. They haven't pitched well. Dominguez pitched the sixth yesterday. Robertson the eighth. Hector Neris went for pretty high prices on Sunday night. Now, I picked him up in a 15-team league for 18 bucks and another 12-team league for like 18 bucks. I said, all right, I'm not going to throw a lot, but maybe he does close because he has had success before. He had, I think he pitched better over the final month last year. He's looked mm-hmm. good so far, and he has closer experience. Okay. Nope, yesterday, Pat Neshek. So what the <laughs> hell is going on with the Phillies bullpen? <clears throat> I, and I don't know is not acceptable. We need something from you. Dave Kapler told us that this is what his bullpen is going to look like. He will not commit to a closer with the parentheses, you know, wrapped around it. He's, he's, he's just not going to be a traditional guy. Um, so if you picked up Naris, I think you just have to be patient because even if he gets 60% of the save chances going forward, then he was worth it, especially at the price you paid. Um, and I, I think that's something we just have to do. I mean, he, he even did this last year. Even when Sir Anthony Dominguez was dominant when he first got up last year, he never got exclusivity in the closer role, and he's proven that's just going to be. And, and Naris was throwing last night. If Neshek, uh let one more person on base, he was coming out. I mean, the average exit velocity of Neshek's, uh hits or balls in play yesterday was above 97 miles per hour. So I wouldn't go rushing to get Neshek. I think it was just one of those things where – he saw a chance to get him in there and get the save and move on, and he took advantage of it. Maris um, was there to clean up a mess if it had kept going, but you don't want to get a mess too dirty. But, yeah, uh, as far as the Phillies goes, I would say it's Maris on top, and I still think Robertson could wiggle his way back into some save situations. He's been doing a little better lately. Um, Dominguez improved on his uh, miles-per-hour velocity yesterday, but, yeah, uh, predicting what Kapler is going to do with what his thought process is, um, is even more frustrating than what Mike Solskjaer used to be. 
Like, I don't understand why Neris isn't brought in there yesterday. He faced only three batters on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He struck out two, wasn't in any trouble. He didn't throw on Saturday. Why not just bring him back uh, to get the save? I mean, I don't understand. Like, And I didn't see any comments from him. I didn't see any of the post game. But to me, nah. like, just go back to Neris. He's been good. He has the close. You know, it's not like he threw 30 pitches the day before. I don't understand why you don't just go to Neris. I mean, to me, this is a case of maybe where – he overmanaged a little bit. Absolutely. And I think he, I think in his efforts to prove to everybody how smart he is, he does out, out manage himself in certain situations. And I think last night's a perfect point. I mean, the, the home run and the double on the back to back at bats, I was watching all of that. Those guys were hitting the ball hard. I mean, Dozier hasn't been hitting anybody this year and he hit it out to the deepest part in center uh, in Philadelphia. I mean, it was a bomb. And then, Rendon, who we both love, laced a double right down the line. You know, at that point, to me, it should have been Neris, but he was able to he was able to survive it. But yes, um, I, again, I would hold tight if you invested in Neris, just like with Boston. I picked up Ryan Brazier over the weekend just because they've used him already two times in saves. They had Barnes out there for two innings pitched in Arizona. I think we're just at a point where if you get the closer that's in the sixty percent save range, that there's value in fantasy leagues. Yeah, and uh, to another point with Neris is, so he gave up two runs in his first appearance of the year. Since then, he's faced 11 batters and retired them all. So, oh, and, I'm not, he was, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying this because I picked him up, because I have Sir Anthony Dominguez in two leagues, including the NFBC auction. So I just need one of those two guys to close. But I'm just trying, <laughs> to, make, I'm just trying to make sense here. When you have a guy, you know, the one thing sometimes what you're doing in these bullpens is like you're searching for an answer, and this guy's struggling, and this guy's struggling. Here you have a guy since the first game of the year that has been rolling and got through the day before, and you don't go to him. It just doesn't add up for me. But that's why I always tell people, oh, people have these proclamations. This guy's going to close for this team. Well, you don't know what the manager's going to do. We can all sit here and say, yes, he's the best arm, and he should be the guy to close. But the manager still has to make the decision, and a lot of times they don't make the most rational one. Absolutely, and it's changed how uh, even when I do my daily bullpen reports, I keep a sheet active on um, Google Docs that people can access at any point. You know, There's no more saying, hey, this guy is the closer. There's at least six bullpens right now where I use a color code that means it's a shared situation. So I try and put the, the primary guy in the first spot and the secondary guy in the second spot. But to, to go out and say that this guy is the team's closer, you just it, it is. You, you can't do that anymore. And Narison, when he came back from AAA last year, was lights out too. He, was, he had the highest strikeout or swinging strike percentage in that bullpen, and all of his underlying metrics were fully enforced with it. So... I still think there's a chance for Neris to have a nice little run, so hopefully Kapler will get out of the way and let him do it, but we can't make him. Or they sign Craig Kimbrell tomorrow. Who knows? I mean, that's just, we don't know what's <laughs> going on. But you brought up the, the Red Sox, and, you know, I thought it was going to be Barnes the way he started the year, and they used him in the seventh inning against the A's a couple games ago with Chris Davis up, and I just felt like, okay, they were on a losing streak, and he felt like that was uh, the biggest part of the game. It was tied. Mm-hmm. But then we saw him go two innings the other night, pitch well, then they went to Brazier for the save. Is this a case of where they feel like more comfortable with Barnes going multiple innings as opposed to Brazier? Do you think that he is the closer now, or do you think they go back to Barnes? Is there a split? How do you think the Red Sox bullpen plays out? 
I think it's going to be one of those 60-40 things, and he's using Barnes in the highest leverage spot, which we hate to hear, so he's the effector or whatever you want to term that person. So, again, when it's a Chris Davis or the other team's best hitter is up and it happens to be the seventh or eighth inning, then it's probably going to be Barnes in there, which means Frazier will be held to clean up the mess in the ninth inning or at least survive it. So, again, that's why um, Brazier got dropped in the TGFBI, and I needed a little oh, bullpen man, boost. So, really? so I, I think I overbid on him, but I had to because I wanted to get him on my roster. I needed to get a couple of extra saves if they were available. Of course, you know, this is a week after he had the two saves um, last week. But, you know, I, I picked up him and Maris just because I had Romo and Jansen, and the Marlins just aren't winning a lot of games. You know, Romo is – probably the top of the heap in that hierarchy, but how many games are the Marlins going to win? So I figured the Red Sox might go on a run at home, so I'd like to have Brazier on the roster, so I got him. How much did you pay for him? I think I bid 70 Oh, that's not bad at all. I, I didn't think it was that. egregious. Well, no, it's, it's not egregious, but it's, again, I, I, know, I, I think I spent about the same for him and Maris just because the week before – Diego Castillo went in our league of like ninety six dollars, so I I figured it wasn't going to be. I had to I had to overpay to get him, but I wanted to do it. Yeah, in that league, I think my only closer is Cody Allen. I had Hunter Strickland, and uh, I felt good after the first couple games, and then he got hurt. I dropped him. I just you know I'm holding Aaron Hicks now. I got Clevenger on the DL. I actually have been holding mm-hmm. on to Lazardo. So uh, Ronald Guzman, I had going the DL. So I already got a, a guys banged up. So. Probably going to have to go out and drop one of them at some point. Talking to Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm, uh, Dan Vogelbach is just on fire right now, and he was picked up in a lot of leagues. But the biggest question is, where's the playing time coming from? Because Jay Bruce is there. He's been hitting. Uh, you got Edwin Encarnacion. He's on fire. Yesterday they got Vogelbach into the lineup by sitting Malik Smith. But uh, what are the Mariners going to do here? And is this a situation where you say, hey, I'm just going to continue to roll with them. He's red hot, and any player that's hitting as well as he is, the team's going to find his way in, and then you just kind of see how it works out when he cools off. Uh, you know, thoughts on Vogelback and his playing time there with Seattle. Well, it's funny you brought him up because I own Justin Smoke in a couple of leagues, so I picked up Vogelback just in case. Um, and in the TGFBI, I sat, <clears throat> I sat Smoke this week with the five games late and his sore neck, and he's not playing again today. So luckily I had Vogelbach active last night for his home run. Um, so I, I think we're hoping that he gets a little bit of burn here and he can do the best with it. I mean, his MO has been hitting, so he's been able to hit at every level. Um, he's you know kind of pigeonholed because he's not very good at first base, so he's more of a DH kind of a player. And they have Edwin Encarnacion, who they've been more than public about that they promised that they would trade. So I would hold tight with Vogelbach and hope that, you know, injuries pop up and they found a way to get him in the lineup like you alluded to last night with Bruce in right field. And they're going to ride the hot hand as long as there's a right-hander on the mound. So even if he's only playing four or five days a week, he gets a couple of home runs and stays warm, the fantasy owners will be happy. We've seen Mikel Franco off to a good start, and some people might have shot away from him saying, well, he's probably going to hit eighth. But obviously this Philly lineup has been good. Are you buying into the hot start of Franco, or do you think we just see a similar season to what we've seen the last few years with him? No, he really percolated in the second half last year, and it kind of got overshadowed with the Philly struggles. But he started adding the the, uh, exit velocity last year. He improved the launch angle, and there were seeds there. He was actually a very good hitter the last couple of months of the season. So I think with less pressure – 
Uh, Philly fans expected a lot of him last year, and I think he kind of took that to heart and wore it. Um, we can't predict how a player is going to react to heightened pressure. Now that he doesn't have to be the guy that there's so many there, um, he is getting a ton of intentional walks hitting eighth, but he's still been racking up the extra base hits and RBIs. So um, as, a, as somebody that you plucked off the waiver possibly or, or a late-round pick as your corner infield, he's been terrific. So I think you just ride it out. Real quickly, is uh, are you buying into Jason Hayward? Anything you've seen from this quick start that says maybe this could be the year or same old Hayward? I don't know. He's another one because we talk about the launch angles and exit velocities and all those things, and he's shown all of those underlying stats are are in the right place right now, and, and that's another lineup where if he could do okay hitting seventh, then he can still produce. So um, if I was in a league where I needed a little boost in the outfield, and again, you're buying him now, and you're not getting last week's stats when he had the two home runs and stolen bases in the same game, but you know, at the placement level, why not? Um, and as we're talking about a little bit of closers, keep an eye on the kid that the uh, Royals just called up, Love Lady. Um, he's a filthy lefty. If he shows well at the beginning, he could work himself in some high leverage as we go forward. All right, that's Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm. We'll come back with some updates and lineups for tonight's slate. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. The morning after. When I lived in Vegas, I actually became like an old person with the early birds and stuff like that. And my girlfriend at the time, like, didn't like it. They said, Tyler, listen, we got to go eat now. She's like, it's 5 o'clock. I'm like, that's when the deal is at the buffet from 5 to 6. So it's like, it's like, why would we pay double like when we could go now, right? And she goes, nobody eats dinner at 5 o'clock. I'm like, we do. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. And you can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. Have five rookie running backs you need to know for the NFL draft, which is two weeks away. So we got plenty of coverage coming. Dynasty leagues, rookie drafts, as well as season long. It's never too early to get in 
to the NFL season. It'll be here before you know it. We'll be doing basketball drafts soon and real drafts as well as the uh, part of the Fantasy Football World Championship, which is back at the Palms in Vegas this year in September. Uh, if you have never been there, it's such a great event. Uh, one of my f- things I look forward to each year. So uh, start planning that now. It's the first weekend of the football season, uh, that Thursday through Sunday. It's such a good time. So uh, I'd advise you to start making arrangements for that. We've got five rookie wide receivers you need to know from Riley Bymaster. Five rookie tight ends you need to know from Mark Morales-Smith. Uh, rookie t- uh, quarterbacks you need to know from Dr. Roto, and including mock drafts from several of us, including myself. So plenty of uh, fantasy baseball content there as well with weekly rankings, waiver wire pickups, stock watch, and more. And you can ask your questions on the message boards in the forums anytime. So head on over to scoutfantasysports.com right now. Become a member today. Tune in to Calling the Shots with Keith Irizarry on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network weekdays from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern as Keith takes you around the sporting world checking in on live game action with a daily stream of notable guests, second to none. If you're able to watch the show and not just listen, catch the video feed live or on demand on the FNTSY Sports Network YouTube page or on your favorite OTT provider. It's Calling the Shots with Keith Irizarry on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network and FNTSY Sports Network YouTube page weekdays from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Always good to have some afternoon baseball. We've got three games going on right now. The one that everyone is looking at closely is the Red Sox and Blue Jays, the home opener for the Red Sox as they open with an 11-game road trip and did not perform well going 3-8. and eight. Chris Sale, it was encouraging early on, two scoreless innings, but then he struggled a little bit, allowing two runs in the third, three in the fourth, and he was removed from the game after four innings. So four innings, seven hits, five earned runs, no walks, three strikeouts, 76 pitches, 54 for strikes. He did touch 94-95 with the fastball a couple of times. Uh, didn't see what his final average velocity was. Uh, again, I haven't watched every single at-bat. I have it on the TV as I'm doing the show, and... It didn't look to me, though, that there was a lot of hard contact, some grounders finding the hole, a couple of batters going opposite field, dunking the ball into right field. So uh, he did kind of lose his concentration a little bit there as Lourdes Gurriel took off and stole home plate. So certainly encouraging as far as the velocity. The results definitely were not there. No walks, no home runs, a good sign. But the final line is not what you want. And Chris Sale with an ERA of nine after a few starts. Meanwhile, uh, Matt Shoemaker uh, pitching pretty well for the Blue Jays. Four innings, four hits, two runs, one earned a walk in three Ks. Uh, Mitch Moreland with his fourth home run of the year for the Red Sox, who have four hits in this game, two of them. Uh, Raphael Devers with two for two on the day. Uh, for the Blue Jays, uh, McKinney has two hits. He's two for two with a run scored, and Gurriel is first. Uh, stolen base of the season. He's one for two with a run in RBI. He's off to a terrible start. They really need him to get going. He is batting 103 on the season. So we'll see how patient they are with him. But the Blue Jays lead this game 5-2 to two as Chris Sale. Uh, not a very effective start as far as the final numbers. But velocity was uh, up. So that's definitely encouraging. Uh, the Indians trying to close the game out against the Tigers. It is the bottom of the ninth. The Indians lead this game 8-2. to two. Uh, Corey Kluber, a nice bounce-back start after he struggled last time out. And remember, Kluber is a guy that typically struggles the first month of the season. If you go back and look at his Aprils, they're never any good. 
Six innings, seven hits, two runs, one earned a walk in eight Ks. He's in line to get the win. He's got a 3.86 ERA on the season. Jordan Zimmerman, who a lot of people probably streamed in a two-start week in deeper formats, and you know you could understand that he was very good his first two starts and going against the Indians, and uh, you don't expect the Indians' offense to do what they did today. Uh, Zimmerman goes four and a third, four hits, five runs, four earned run, two walks, four Ks. He did allow three home runs, and you can't have that against the Indians, not against this weak-hitting lineup that is still shorthanded, and Jose Ramirez has not hit yet. He is 0 for 4 today, now batting 171. Leonis Martin hit his first homer of the year. Brad Miller, his first homer of the year. Roberto Perez, his first homer of the year. And Jake Bowers, his first homer of the year. Brad Miller stole a base. He was 2 for 2 with three runs, two RBIs, and a walk. So uh, some power that we have not seen from the Indians today. Uh, For the Tigers, Miguel Cabrera, 2 for 4 with an RBI. And uh, Harrison, two for four with a run scored as, once again, Tigers really not getting much from the five through nine hitters. Their averages today of the five through nine hitters, 195, 167, 0, 129, and 152. So that is the problem with the Tigers right now. They do have, you know, Castellanos, Cabrera, Goodrum's off to a pretty good start. He's got a 381 OVP. Harrison has even struggled hitting leadoff. He's hitting 154 with a 250 OVP. So Tigers somehow are 7-3 and three to begin this season with Shane Green saving all seven games. But it uh, looks like they are about to go down today as the Indians are one out away from securing that victory. And the other afternoon game is the Rays, who are off to a good start. They are 8-3 and three going into the day, and they lead the White Sox in the bottom of the fourth inning, 7-2. to two. Charlie Morton on the mound for the Rays, 3-2 and two thirds, 2 hits, 2 runs, 2 walks, 5 Ks. As he's off to a good start this year. Uh, Garcia with a home run for the Rays. Austin Meadows, three for three, two runs, three RBIs. His third home run of the year, and he stole a second base, so a great day for him. And Brandon Lau hitting cleanup today. Uh, he walked and hit a home run, is driven in two uh, for the Rays this afternoon. And Willie Adamas, who was off to a terrible start, is starting to pick it up. He was one for one with two runs, an RBI, and a walk. Now hitting 205 and the OVP up to 244. They really need him to get going. Irvin Santana, terrible today for the White Sox. Allowed seven hits, seven runs, three walks, only one strikeout over three and two thirds. And he allowed three home runs on the day. Yoan Moncada accounting for the only runs for the White Sox. What a tremendous start to the season for him. He's now hitting 325 with a 372 OVP. His third home run of the year, he's driven in 13. And uh, another example of just because a player struggles. Do not dismiss him the next year. This guy was a high prospect pedigree. He did lead the majors in strikeouts last year, but he's got some power. He's got some speed, and not every player comes up and has a big impact immediately like we saw with Soto and Ronald Acuna. It takes some time, and we're seeing that with Moncada. As a, he's off to a great start, and I think this does stick. I know he got off to a great start last year and then struggled, but the approach at the plate has changed, and uh, he is striking out less. He did strike out today, but the strikeouts are down from the pace last year. And, uh, not that difficult to do, considering that he led the majors in strikeouts, but I definitely like the early approach, and it is something that we saw in the spring as well. Let's take a look at some of the lineups for the night slate. Uh, the Marlins are in Cincinnati, 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Jose Urena against Luis Castillo. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson leads off in left field. Brian Anderson hitting second at third base. Neil Walker's at first base hitting third. Starling Castro is hitting cleanup at second base. Jorge Alfaro is catching hitting fifth. 
JT Riddle is the shortstop batting sixth. Luis Brinson in center field hitting seventh. Peter O'Brien in right field hitting eighth. And Urena on the mound batting ninth. For the Reds, Jesse Winkler leading off in right field. Joey Votto's at first base batting second. Matt Kemp's in left field batting third. In case you missed it, Yasiel Puig was suspended for two games because of the brawl the other day. And he will begin serving his suspension tonight. So he is out of the lineup. Eugenio Suarez is at third base hitting cleanup. Scott Shevler in center field hitting fifth. Derek Dietrich at second base batting sixth. Jose Peraza at shortstop hitting seventh. Tucker Barnhart catching hitting eighth. And Luis Castillo off to a really good start this year. He is on the mound hitting ninth. The A's are in Baltimore. Brett Anderson against John Means of the Orioles. For the A's, Marcus Simeon at shortstop leading off. Matt Chapman at third base hitting second. Steven Piscotti in right field hitting third. Chris Davis, the DH hitting cleanup. Chad Pinder in left field batting fifth. Mark Khanna at first base hitting sixth. Ramon Laureano in center field hitting seventh. Jarkson Profar at second base hitting eighth. And Josh Fegley catching hitting ninth. For the Orioles, Jonathan Villar off to a really good start. He's at second base leading off. Joey Ricard in center field hitting second. The Red Hot Trey Mancini in right field hitting third. Renato Nunez, the DH hitting fourth. Dwight Smith in left field hitting fifth. Hanser Alberto at third base hitting sixth. Rio Ruiz at first base hitting seventh. Pedro Severino, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Richie Martin at short, hitting ninth. So Chris Davis not in the lineup tonight. His 0 for 49 streak will be on the bench to begin this game. The Nationals in Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Steven Strasburg against Aaron Nola. For the Nationals, Adam Eaton leads off in right field. Brian Dozier hit his first homer of the year yesterday. He's at second base, batting second. Anthony Rendon at third base, hitting third. Juan Soto in left field, hitting cleanup. Ryan Zimmerman at first base, hitting fifth. Jan Gomes behind the plate, hitting sixth. Wilmer Defoe is at shortstop, hitting seventh. Steven Strasburg on the mound, hitting eighth. And Victor Robles in center field, batting ninth. For the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon leading off in left field. Gene Segura is at shortstop, batting second. Bryce Harper's in right field, hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base, hitting cleanup. JT Real Muto is the catcher, hitting fifth. Odubel Herrera in center field, hitting sixth. Cesar Hernandez at second base, hitting seventh. Mikel Frankel's at third base, hitting eighth. And Aaron Nola's on the mound, hitting ninth. The Twins are in New York to take on the Mets. Kyle Gibson against Jacob deGrom. For the Twins, Max Kepler leading off in right field. Jorge Polanco is at shortstop, hitting second. Williams Astadio gets a start at first base today, hitting third. Eddie Rosario's in left field, hitting cleanup. Mitch Garver is behind the plate, hitting fifth. Marwin Gonzalez is at third base, hitting sixth. Jonathan Scopes at second base, hitting seventh. Byron Buxton in center field, hitting eighth. And on the mound, it is Kyle Gibson. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo, who has really struggled. He's striking out a ton. He is leading off in center field. Pete Alonso at first base, hitting second. Robinson Cano's at second base, hitting third. Michael Conforto's in right field, hitting cleanup. J.D. Davis starting at third base. He gets the start against a right-hander, hitting fifth. Jeff McNeil's in left field, hitting sixth. Ahmed Rosario is at shortstop, hitting seventh. Travis Darno in the lineup tonight, making his season debut. He was just activated from the DL, so Wilson Ramos gets a couple days off in a row. And Jacob DeGrom on the mound, batting ninth for the Mets. As he has 26 scoreless innings in a row uh, as he looks to keep it going against the Twins tonight. The Dodgers take on the Cardinals, 7.45 p.m. Eastern. Leading off for the Dodgers, Jock Peterson in left field. Justin Turner's at third base, batting second. Cody Bellinger's in right field, hitting third. A.J. Pollock's in center field, hitting cleanup. Max Muncy's at first base, hitting fifth. 
Enrique Hernandez is at second base hitting sixth. Chris Taylor is at shortstop hitting seventh. Austin Barnes is at catcher hitting eighth. And Ross Stripling's on the mound batting ninth. For the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter leads off at third base. Paul Goldschmidt's at first base hitting second. Paul DeYoung's at shortstop hitting third. Marcelo Zuna's in left field hitting cleanup. Yadier Molina's behind the plate hitting fifth. Dexter Fowles in right field hitting sixth. Colton Wonks at second base hitting seventh. Harrison Bader's in center field hitting eighth. Dakota, Dakota Hudson's on the mound hitting ninth for the Cardinals. The lineup for the Royals tonight, they're hosting the Seattle Mariners as Jacob Junis takes on Marco Gonzalez. Whit Merrifield's in right field leading off. Alberto Mondesi's at shortstop hitting second. Alex Gordon's in left field hitting third. Jorge Soler's the DH hitting cleanup. Frank Schwindel's at first base hitting fifth. Hunter Dozier's at third base batting sixth. Chris Owings is the second baseman hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado's behind the plate hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton's in center field hitting ninth for the Kansas City Royals tonight as uh, waiting to see what the Mariners lineup looks like to see if uh, what they do with uh, the Red Hot Vogelbach. Uh, the Rockies are hosting the Braves tonight. Herman Marquez against Max Fried. Uh, leading off for the Rockies, Jonathan Daza just called up today with David Dahl going on the DL. He's in right field leading off. Raymel Tapia is in left field hitting second. Nolan Arenado's at third base hitting third. Trevor Story's at short hitting cleanup. Ian Desmond's in center field hitting fifth. Josh Fuentes at first base hitting sixth. Garrett Hampson at second base batting seventh. Tony Walters behind the plate in the eighth, and Herman Marquez on the mound hitting ninth. So Charlie Blackman getting the night off against the left-hander. Uh, Mike Miner opposes Zach Greinke as the Rangers go to Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. And leading off for the Diamondbacks, Adam Jones in right field. Cattell Marte off to a really good start this year. He's in center field batting second. Wilmer Flores gets the start against the lefty. He's at second base hitting third. David Peralta in left field hitting cleanup. Christian Walker's at first base batting fifth. Eduardo Escobar's at third base hitting sixth. Nick Ahmed at shortstop hitting seventh. John Ryan Murphy behind the plate hitting eighth. And Zach Grinke on the mound for the Diamondbacks as uh, they are looking to uh, knock off the Rangers tonight. So those are the early lineups that we have right now. Uh, also tonight, we got the Padres taking on the Giants. Joey Lucchese against Derek Holland. Uh, and then uh, final game of the night, Matt Harvey taking on Freddie Peralta. Harvey's coming off a start where he was absolutely brutal, giving up a ton of home runs. So I would think a lot of people uh, do go and look at the uh, the bats uh, of Milwaukee tonight with uh, Matt Harvey coming off a, a bad game. So it is official uh, – well, not official, but it looks like uh, Dahl is definitely headed to the injury list. It looks like Bud Norris is going to sign uh, with the Nationals. It's pending a physical, and it'll be a minor league deal. Remember, the Blue Jays signed Bud Norris to a minor league deal in February, but he was released a week ago. Obviously, the Nationals having a lot of issues in the bullpen right now as Trevor, Tra uh, Trevor Rosenthal has really, really struggled uh, so far this year. And as mentioned in the previous segment, the Royals calling up left-handed pitcher Richard Lovelady from AAA. And the Royals have had a lot of issues in the back end of that bullpen. A lot of people thought Kyle Zimmer would be the closer, but he was sent down, struggled with uh, the command there. And he's obviously coming off a lot of injuries. Ian Kennedy was given the last save opportunity, and he blew that save, allowing three hits a run in an inning. Willie Peralta has struggled. Brad Boxberger has struggled, so there's really been no answer. Uh, but Lovely Lady last year 
at AAA, 73 innings, 71 strikeouts, 21 walks, and a 2.47 ERA. He throws hard, and he might be someone that potentially gets into the closer mix. I mean, obviously, the Royals right now are a mess, not playing well. Uh, I'd say Kennedy is probably the guy to own for now, but uh, you could see a lot of uh, f- movement here in that Royals bullpen. Certainly in AL-only leagues, would definitely take a shot and pick him up. I don't think you need to in mixed leagues yet until you see how this plays out. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in that Royals bullpen. And, you know, saves right now, you know, the number are, are going to be down. There's a lot of situations across baseball where we're not even sure who's closing, which means you don't need as many saves to be competitive. I mean, if you have two really good, solid closes right now, you got to really be feeling good. It's going to keep you in the mix. And even if you only have one, like a Brad Hand or a Kirby Yates, and you just try and mix and match and get some saves in some other areas, you can still be pretty competitive in the category. The state of the position has changed. Don't forget, you can catch all my work at ScoutFantasySports.com. Again, we have a lot of NFL draft coverage. I have a look at five rookie running backs that you need to know, so you can check it out. I'll be back Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.